Our program today is The Verdict is In, <laughs> Not Guilty. Hallelujah. Boy, those are, those are words that uh, everyone in a courtroom wants to hear, especially if you're the defendant. Amen. And, um, you know, God is not guilty. God's word is, is his way of showing his love to us. It's pouring out his love and grace on us by saying not guilty. And um, this is good news, folks. I'm telling you, it doesn't get any better than this. That's what the angel said to the shepherds in the field, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, praise God. It doesn't get any better. You know, you hear good news. Well, this is good news. Yeah, amen. Um, sometimes, you know, you hear this is good news and it's all gloom and doom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm even saying coming from the church sometimes. Well, I can tell you, um, this receiving this not guilty verdict is hard for some because they've been told that you know you're just a you're a sinner saved by grace and and you know you've done all these bad things you know and you're going to hear today that God's more concerned with your relationship with him than your behavior is your behavior important? Absolutely. But is he going to judge you on your behavior? It's not you, what the Word says. You know, at the cross, when they drove the spear into his side, you know, Jesus looked at him and said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Right, right. And he says that And to he all said, of his forgive creation. them. Yeah. The right. ones that beat him to a pulp. Right, right. The religious leaders of the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He said, forgive all of them. Wow. That's the fruit of love right there. It, that's it. Yeah. That's love in yeah. its ultimate condition. Yeah. That's the gospel. So so in my travels, I've been following the Lord for 35 years or whatever, and what I've seen is a lot of people just are still living their life in condemnation and guilt and shame because of the things they've done. And again, we're going to say it again, just because we're telling you you're not guilty because that's what the Bible says, that's what God says. You know, it doesn't mean um, we go out and it's not a license for hedonism, you know, self, uh, you know, doing the self thing. Self-destruction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. It says in Psalms 67, and then we're going to get break this down for you, but I, I wanted to say this first, Jim, to get things rolling. This is in Psalms, so either David wrote it or a psalmist wrote it. This is before Jesus walked the earth. And even then, under the law, this is David had the foresight. This is very prophetic, mm-hmm. what David is saying here in Psalm 67.4. He said, oh, let the nations be glad. Now, remember that word glad when you hear the rest of this. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For thou shalt judge the people righteously. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the key. Mm -hmm. He shall judge the people righteously and govern the nations upon the earth. 
And the psalmist wrote, Selah. Mm-hmm. Think on that. Pause yeah. and think and meditate on what was just said. Yeah. That word righteously means, you know, we sit there and think a judgment is always bad. And it's not. No. That word, it just says it right here. Go to Psalm 67.4, read it for yourself. It says the word righteous, righteously. And it means right, pleasant. <laughs> Who thinks of judgment as pleasant? But this is what the word means in the in the um, Hebrew. Yeah, from God's perspective, it is pleasant. It is. Yeah. 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 Right, pleasant, and prosperous. Amen. Who would have put those three words, maybe right, but who would have put pleasant and prosperous? And it goes on to say, make level. God is leveling the playing field at this point. What does that mean? It means everyone has a fair and equal chance of succeeding. What does success look like? Being free, mm-hmm. having the, the fruit of the Spirit, peace, love, joy, all the others, and, and being able to enjoy this life no matter what the circumstances are. Because he's allowed us, he said, come up here, he's allowed us to be in the heavenly realms that we've talked about for many, many weeks. So where there is righteousness, peace, and joy, there's the kingdom of God. So this this word righteous is, is an invitation to enter into his kingdom where his pleasures are evermore. Mm-hmm. It's an invitation. You, you've been invited to sit with the king. Our choices will determine how successful our life will become. So you, you make that decision. Just because we are forgiven and not guilty of our sins, it doesn't mean that we just sit back and take advantage of this freedom that God has given us. We must draw closer to him, listen to his voice, and obey what he tells us to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the whole key, like we've said so many times on the broadcast, Rich, is uh, to me uh, there's a great distinction between religion um, and relationship with the Lord. Uh, I know I've been in several denominations over the decades in my search for the Lord, which many of you out there uh, might have had the same experiences. Uh, But most of what we hear, most of what I heard, I can't say what you hear, but is I heard a lot about doing, you know, if you want to be acceptable to the Lord now that he's sent his son to die for you on the cross, uh, it's all about basically works. You know, you got to tithe, you got to be to church, you got to, got to, got to. And I think what the Lord is bringing forth, what the Holy Spirit is bringing forth in this hour um, is he wants us to understand what he's already finished and completed on the cross at Calvary. Um, There's a lot of depth uh, in where the Lord says it is finished. I don't think that we, as children of God, really meditate enough 
and have the Spirit minister to our spirit on what the Lord meant when he said, it is finished. Um, And I think that as you start meditating on that, God will start opening up his word uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you and show us that it truly is finished. Um, You are accepted in the beloved because of the sacrifice Jesus made. You have been transferred. You're not going to be, but you have been transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Uh, We are seated at the right hand of Father in the heavenlies. We're not going to be, but we are seated with him. And the more we come to know him and see him, the more we wake up to the realization that we are just like him. I'm quoting scripture for those of you out there that are that are Bible believers, and it's got to come from the written word. Um, it's coming from the written word, what I'm saying to you. Um, so I think God wants his people to come into this liberty. Uh, and, and I think that that's the trumpet that's blowing today is, yes, judgments are coming. There's no question about it. But Isaiah said that when his judgments are in the earth, or in our earth, personally, Uh, It's going to lead a people to righteousness, and what comes out of a righteous walk is peace, love, and joy. And uh, that's what the Lord's trying to do. He's trying to steer his people in the pasture with lots of green grass that we can all eat as his sheep. (laughs) Yeah, so we're talking today about the verdict is in, not guilty. That's what we're talking about. And, And many believe it with their mind, and they say it with their mouth because they're quoting scriptures. We're going to give you a bunch of scriptures today that back up what we're saying. Mm -hmm. But they still have some doubts in their heart. And so hopefully today that your heart is open and you receive what we're saying today because I, I can tell you for a fact it will set you free if you do still believe that maybe i'm not worthy enough to be not guilty mm-hmm. and and you know the first thing is you know we are guilty <laughs> i mean you know romans three twenty three says for everyone who's not included in that everyone has sinned we are all fall short of God's glorious standards. Okay, we've got that on the table. It's true. Does he still love us, even with our shortcomings? Always. Do you love your children when they miss the mark? Exactly. (laughs) Of course you do. I think his love is a little more expansive Mm -hmm. and greater than any human being's love, even for their spouse or their their kids. Do you think for a moment that he believes that we can live a life without sin? And do we think that he believes we can change without the help. If we could live a life without sin, then why did he have a plan already in place before the foundations of the earth to fix the problem? Jesus is the problem fixer. <laughs> he, he fixes your problems. How can we be guilty when in Jeremiah... This is, again, Old Testament. 
law. It says he doesn't even remember our sins anymore. In Second yeah. Corinthians five nineteen, Paul said that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting people's sins against them. Think about that. If someone's trying to throw your sin at you and judge you, it's not their job. It's not their job. It even goes on in the in the Amplified saying, canceling, not just not holding those sins against you, it even goes as far as to say canceling those sins. When something's canceled, it doesn't exist anymore. I used to say, you know, God has this uh, blackboard up and, you know, he's writing all these sins down and then he wipes the blackboard clean. He showed me there isn't even a blackboard to write on. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation, that is, restoration to favor with God. Man, that's good news, Jim. Amen. That is great news. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. It's nothing but good news. It's all good news. Yeah, it is. It is. So who is our judge? Well, John 5.22 goes on and tells us. And this is really interesting. And some of you maybe, you know, haven't heard this before or maybe it hasn't sunk in. But the Father judges no one. For he has given to the Son all the authority to judge. And we're going to break this down because this is very important. Jesus went on to say in in verse 24 of John 5, I speak to you an eternal truth. If you embrace my message and believe in the one who sent me, here you go, you will never face condemnation, judgment. In me, you have already passed from the realm of death into eternal life. Man, there can't be more good news. (laughs) We've been talking for 15 minutes. and and How can it get any better than that? Yeah, yeah. Father said that he doesn't judge, that he has given all judgment unto the Son. And then the Son comes on the scene, Jesus comes on the scene, and he says, I didn't come to judge, but to seek and to save those which are lost. And, Rich, I may be treading into your territory here. No, go ahead. but, you know, when I think of how he dealt with the, the woman that was caught in adultery. Yeah, we were getting to that. That's yeah, what go I thought. For it. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, you know, what did he do to her? I mean, you know, her sins were scarlet. You could see her sins. Everybody in town knew what she was up to, okay? Um, but what did he say to her? Go and sin no more. And when he was talking about sinning no more. He says, where are your accusers? Right, right. Mm. And he said, I don't accuse you. That's it. And how many times do we hear, and I hate to say it, but how many times do we hear from pulpits that the Lord accuses us, that the Lord is keeping track of our sins? Uh, I mean, that at we're least sinful people. Yeah, at least that's the impression that you get a lot of times. I know that I used to go to a fellowship that um, 
uh, every Sunday I felt like I had to get saved again. I mean, they, they wanted you to walk the aisle to get saved again. And, and you know, uh, when the Lord appeared to me in a hotel room when I got saved many years ago, Jesus appeared to me in a hotel room, and he said, you've been forgiven. I didn't realize that when he said you've been forgiven, I thought he meant that you were forgiven of the sins that you've committed up to this point. But actually, he was going back in the beginning of the world in this plan of salvation, and it said that Jesus was crucified before the foundation of the world. So our sins really were forgiven before God even created the world. I realize that this is getting treading into some deep waters, and maybe in the future, Rich and I will go a little bit more into this sort of thing. Uh, but right now, I think we're going to stay at a certain level in the pool without getting too deep on this. But um, you've been forgiven, brothers and sisters. And, uh, and frankly, if God's going to hold our sins or my sins against me this time tomorrow, then it's like Paul said, well, you might as well eat, drink, and be merry and go party, okay? Because Paul knew that once your sins were forgiven, they were forgiven. Um, it's all about understanding the true identity as to who you are in Christ. And you're no longer the old creation anymore. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. And you're perfect, and you're complete in his eyes. And the scriptures even says you are complete in yes. him, okay? And be ye perfect, for your heavenly Father is perfect. Yes. So, yeah, we got to understand the finished work of Christ, what he accomplished, already accomplished at Calvary. Amen. I love it in the Amplified in John 5, 24, because it really clears any kind of doubt that you might have out, clears it up. I assure you, Jesus speaking, and most solemnly say to you, the person who hears my word, the one who heeds my message, and believes and trusts in him who sent me, the Father, has, in other words, possesses now eternal life. Amen. Not when you die and go no. to heaven. No. <laughs> now you have it. You already have it. Right. That is, he goes on to clarify it, eternal life actually begins. The believer is transformed. Amen. And does not come into judgment and condemnation. Amen. But has passed over from death until life. So if you think Jim and I are making this sound too easy, all I can say is this. It is. Yeah. <laughs> he did all the heavy lifting. He or, did all the hard work. Or maybe we've been listening to a lot of folks that are making it sound too hard. Is that possible? True. Is True. that possible? <laughs> Well, if someone's telling you you have to work your way into heaven, <laughs> no. they don't know the Word of God. No. It's very clear that Jesus did it all, yeah. and all we have to do, just like we said there in John five twenty four, it says that we just have to believe and trust yeah. in Him. You know, Rich, when you said they don't know the Word of God, I, I know that when you talk about the Word, people automatically think of the Bible or think of the scriptures. It's more than that. Uh, yeah, there's only one word, and that's Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. 
uh, I realize that we have been left with a book here. It's an awesome uh, book. It is an awesome book, and Rich and I are in it every day for well, that matter. you can matter. tell. <laughs> but there is a difference between the written word and the actual word of God. I mean, Jesus uh, made that very clear when he was talking to the religious bunch, uh, and he said, you search the scriptures for them, you think you have eternal life. But these are they which point you to me but you won't come to me that you might have life. So we've got to be careful that we don't just fall in love with the written word uh, and ignore the word, which is the living word inside your heart. Well, we had someone back when we would take calls years ago, we had someone say, are you guys saying that Jesus can speak to you today? And we were going... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Amen. It's very, very true. Yeah. So, um, yes, he can speak to you today, and he does speak uh, to you today in that, you know, quiet, small, still voice. Many Sometimes ways. he'll call, he'll talk to you in the middle of walking down a busy street. Amen. It, 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 there's no recipe that stands you know, true that of how God can speak to you. He can speak to you. He spoke through a donkey. Yeah, yeah. Isaiah was in a cave with earthquakes and lightnings, and then he heard a still small voice yeah. in the midst of all the lightning and all the chaos that was going on outside of him. So, you know, if your life even right now is in chaos, the Lord is saying, go inside. You can still hear the still, quiet voice. Be still and know that I am God. Even in the midst of the chaos, you can still hear that still, small voice. You know, you mentioned the lady caught in adultery, uh, Jesus at the crucifixion saying, forgive forgive them. And then what did he say to the thief on the cross? This this, will jolt a lot of doctrines out there because the thief on the cross did not get baptized, did not walk an aisle, did not do a prescription for salvation of a certain prayer or whatever. Didn't change his letter from one church to the next. He didn't even get down <laughs> off the cross. Yeah. And Jesus said what? Today, today you will be with me in paradise. Today. Not Tomorrow, after you've gone through some Bible classes and you've done this and you've done that and you got baptized, and trust me, we we think baptism is very important. Mm-hmm. We're we're not saying anything against baptism or you know Bible classes or we're not saying anything against that. We're just saying man tries to make it a lot more difficult than it needs to be. Yeah, he tries to make it. You know, I hate to say it, but they still want to try and operate under the laws. You know, do this, do that. And basically what it is, is it's a book of rules and laws. And God said, I'm going to write my word, I'm going to write my laws in your heart. It's the living word that he's writing in our heart. And we've got to get in touch with the Christ in us, yes. which was the mystery that Paul talked about. Amen. Christ in you. Well, stay tuned for part two.